Listening Dog Media. The Hot Mess Mum. The mum most likely to send her kids to school in regular clothes on non-school uniform day. The mum who forgets to sign the permission slip for school trips. The mum who has probably put leftovers in her kids' lunchbox on more than one occasion. But most importantly, the hot mess mum is actually rocking it and is doing a far better job than even she thinks. Please welcome our hot mess mums, telling it as it is, Kelly and Jenny Powell. It is the Hot Mess Mums Club podcast. I'm Kelly Pegg. And I'm Jenny Powell, and she is the favourite inspirational, powerful woman of the decade. I don't mind saying so myself. It is the wonderful Jess Cunningham. Yay! What a bloody intro. Like, literally. <laughs> like, Jenny, can we actually introduce you like that tomorrow? <laughs> it's going to follow you wherever you go, whatever you're on, and you're going to be introduced that way so people don't forget favourite, inspirational, powerful woman of the decade. I could say decades, but we'll give you a bit more time because you're only 33. <laughs> 34 now. Oh, gosh. 34, gosh, you're getting old there, Jess. Matt. <laughs> the Swan Stealth Range has arrived. We'll be telling you more about this gorgeous set of brand new products from Swan a little later on. To check them out, just head to swanbrand.co.uk. Use the discount code HOTMESSMUMS20 for 20% off. The Hot Mess Mums Club with Swan. I can't believe we're doing this because, like, you've just literally had a baby. So if it was me right now, I wouldn't be able to put my clothes on or get organised enough to be recording a podcast. But you're here with the new edition, the fifth yeah, do you know what's really weird? So this is, I've literally taken time off and because I'm so used to working and I'm so used to being busy, I feel a bit lost of sorts because like when they're newborn, they just literally, they sleep during the day all the time. They're awake at night time, but I, I don't really know what to do with myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what can I do? I'm bored. It is bonkers, isn't it? Because you kind of have to sign off and sign out. And I think you physically feel like, physically and mentally, you kind of feel like you're detached from the real world anyway, whatever that world is at the moment. Um, so you're, you detach yourself. You think, right, I've got to, you know, uh, dedicate myself now to my newborn. But then the newborn doesn't give you anything to do apart from when you should be asleep. <laughs> literally hit the nail on the head so I'm used to doing like Facebook lives doing challenges in my group uh, like to do with the membership that I have and I feel like I can't do that because people are going to judge me because I've just had a baby but really I want to be in while I can doing that because I feel like I just built up the momentum all my women who are in the membership are absolutely incredible like this is conscious female entrepreneurs isn't it yeah yeah. so conscious female entrepreneurs it's a a paid membership and it's about spiritual development but also business development and one thing i really realized when after well after having many ups and downs spirituality actually really pushed my business forward and it just made me kind of i don't know release and surrender to the powers that be um and i think Everyone should really experience that because once you tap into spirituality and the actual magic of the world, you lose all fear and you lose kind of anything, you lose that ego side of you. And I realize I'm going a bit woo woo now. Um, but yeah, I like your woo woo, you do woo woo so well. <laughs> I'm trying to make a commercial, that's what the men <laughs> I won't get into channeling aliens just yet, then. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> or your new boyfriend, David Icke. Go on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, no. um, but yes, that's it. I think I just, yeah, I miss I miss humans. I miss people. I miss going live and talking to my, my incredible women. I miss it. It's, it's weird. It? But at the same time, I'm loving just not doing anything and just oh. sleeping and sleep. It's a lovely time. I mean, God, I'm still debating two years later whether to have a third. You're here. Now, you are a bit younger than me, a fair bit younger than me, but on the fifth. So I've got to say, how did you convince your husband or was it him that convinced you? And is this it now? Is that it? it's number five, no more? Or Because that's a lot of kids. Yeah, he's a lot of kids. It's funny, actually. So I took uh, the baby to school to, pick, like, to do the school run and Olive, my middle daughter, one of her friends was like, Wow, you have a lot of children. I was like, wow, this is an eight-year-old telling me this. <laughs> yes. Um, and it was actually Alex. So Alex didn't have any children before him and I started to go out. And then we talked about it. It's like, oh, would you have any more children? And Alex is the absolute dreamboat. So I was like, honey, would you? Yeah, sure, a couple more. <laughs> um, whereas the reality of having too much, the reality of having five children is both beautiful but stressful and literally like they're amazing but one thing that I have a tremendous parent guilt over is not being able to have that one-on-one time with them all the time and I feel like I feel so guilty because they're all different ages they all need me Digby who's like nearly three he's really he's at that demanding age whereas like the girls are getting a little bit older so they have different needs um so what's the age range just because it's it is I can just picture it because it's hard work. every every age demands a different you know different skill as a parent uh, so Pops is nearly 10 and then yeah. we have Olive who's eight Hattie who's six and then Digby who's nearly three and then uh, Dudley the newborn six days old <laughs> and here she is she is the hottest, messiest mum. You're not fabulous. I mean, we've You're not, not messy said at that. All. No, we've we've not said that yet. But I've got to say, you look amazing. When you you did a video this morning about coming on to chat to us, and I was like, look at her. She looks incredible. And then I was looking back at me when I first had Ava a couple of weeks later, and I'm this hippo. Like in a complete mess, you know, and you just look like you've just stepped out of your closet. Everything's perfect. I mean, bloody hell. Do you know what, though? I think my phone must have a filter on it. Because every time I see a video, I'm like, oh, I look all right. Whereas when I look in the mirror, I don't look like that. Um, like my teeth look white and my skin looks false. I'm like, there is definitely a filter on this, but I don't know for sure. So I'm just going to go with it. Do you know what? I've noticed that lately. It's just sort of happened in the past couple of months. And yeah. I thought... I haven't even put anything on it yet, and that's all right. And it there's something going on, isn't there? There is. Go on, dig deep in your spirituality. We've got our own spiritual filters that are appearing from from the ether. I don't know. <laughs> um, do you know what? This is a funny thing, actually. I went for a walk this morning, and I was saying to one of my friends that I think the more children you have, the more you make it your mission to not look like shit. I'm like, I'm mm. determined. Yeah. Lipstick on, a bit of contour and mascara. Um, and also, I don't wash my hair for like three weeks, but because I don't wash it for three weeks, it never really gets greasy. Yeah. Quite it's working out. Yeah. You want to be that woman who, you know, somebody walks past and says, wow. And you go, yeah, I've got uh, five kids under the age of 10. <laughs> Yeah, and they'll be like, that's the she's age. a freak. She's a, yeah, <laughs> she's a freak. She can't look like that, surely. I think you're cra- I think you're smashing it, Jess. To be fair, oh, thank you. You are. I feel um, so tired though. 
Yeah. Oh. That, the classics happen. So tell us about last night. So this is six days in, bish, bash, bosh. It's two weeks tomorrow. Is it two weeks? Oh, the, so it was a week wow. before. Oh, my God. So two weeks in, two weeks in tomorrow. What, uh, tell us how, how what last night was like. Awful, absolutely awful. So literally, so he's just been like he's it, the first week was horrific. Mm. Like she just did not want to sleep at night time. And then I started listening to this audible called Magic Words, and it's all about how the words we speak create magic. I was like, I'm going to try this. So rather than saying he's not sleeping, I'm going to be like, Yeah, he's sleeping all right, just lying to myself. And then he started sleeping all right. And I was like, Oh my god, the magic's working. Um, he'd, he'd wake up like two, three times, have a feed, and then go straight back to sleep. Whereas last night, he just wasn't latching on, he wasn't feeding. And then they do that, <laughs> like that, do you know that? yeah, yeah. And I was like, Oh, god. But literally, every time I could doze off, and I'm like, Oh, and then I just fell asleep. And then he woke up, and it was just, yeah, it was just terrific. But tonight is a new night, but I think it's because I had literally um, a full bulb of garlic. So, do you know? Like the real cake, amazing. She created this like absolutely fabulous tomato feta garlic dish. As I'm gonna recreate that, recreated it absolutely delicious. But Dudley definitely did not agree with it. You paid the oh, price, didn't you? Him. And how's Alex been through the night then with you? Is he one of those that says, "Listen, I'm up in the morning. I'm going in the other room." We've all heard that one before. Or is he right by your side? I think I know what you're gonna say. Yeah, he's right, but he's amazing. Like, what honestly, a keeper. He's a keeper. Alex was born to be a dad. Um, and a partner, actually, he's, he is. He's just, he's such a good guy. I'm so lucky. He's lovely. He's, he's really, really, he's amazing. And I know oh. people hear that. Mm. <laughs> no, you, I think it's, it's so lovely to hear, though, because the roles are so different for guys now. You know, we expect them. It's 50-50 and we expect that. You know, my a really close friend of mine, her soon-to-be ex-husband, moved out of their bed when she had their second and he just left her with it because he didn't want his sleep disturbed. And I personally wanted to murder him when she told me that. I remember sort of thinking, don't say anything, don't say anything. You know, it's only obviously now that they're, they're divorcing. But I think that's horrendous. So it's it's really lovely to hear. I'd kill Chris if he was like that. I mean, he he does the nights. Our three-year-old doesn't sleep. And he's the one that gets up because I'm the one that's lying there snoring. <laughs> I'm awful. <laughs> you can't wake me for dust. Jess is just thinking, three years? Yeah. Three oh. years. He's horrendous. Digby, like he's asleep now, but Digby, bloody hell! I think because Digby was Alex's first child, um, he literally rules the house. He's like the little king of the house, the king of the mountain. Um, so, like now, if I do bedtime duty, all the kids are in bed asleep, like eight half past eight. When Alex does it, oh, Dada, I want Dada, Dada. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because he knows you're going to keep going back into the room whereas Alex doesn't think DB is as smart as that but whereas oh, DB, they are smart yeah, yeah. well yeah, we made them a little thing we made the mistake of building like a um, cabin bed for heat. So you have to go up these ladders and it's, it's all built in. And my nan kept saying, don't do it. Just have a double bed because he doesn't sleep. So at least you'll be comfy. Chris is 53 in July. And he's like, I've got up the bloody ladder and I'm like this in the cabin bed all night with him. I'm like, well, we should have just had a double bloody bed in there. What did we do that for? It looks nice. Yeah, it looks nice. It's totally impractical when you've got a child that won't sleep on his own. Oh. That's like beds isn't it i remember when i got the girls bump beds my mum was like jessica do not get the bump beds i'm like mom save space 
Bloody nightmare. My mum still changes all my beds for me, thank God. <laughs> oh, gosh, gosh, I'd love that. <laughs> it's one of those, isn't it? Beds, especially when you've got five kids. It's a lot of bed changing to do, isn't it? Yeah. How are the kids um, with the the blossoming of um, Dudley? How, how have they all coped in that at different ages? They absolutely love him. Although every four minutes I must have one of them asking if they can hold him. Like, so it, it's brilliant. But it drives me absolutely insane. I'm like, just let him on the bed, let him sleep. But I, because they're so used to sharing each other's time and sharing my time, there's no real, I haven't really noticed a massive difference in them. Um, like they're not, they just they just love having a new baby. They love it. And they love it. And even uh, Digby, he loves it. He always comes up and gives him little kisses. There's no animosity there as of yet, touch wood. Um, but no, yeah, he's, he's feeling nice actually. The transition from four to five has been fine. Whereas the transition from three to four, I found really, really difficult. It'd be like wanting to have another baby. I was like, oh, I can do this. <laughs> Interesting though that because um, I suppose when you get once you've got more than one, I don't know. I just thought maybe um, oh yeah, actually, I think it's all about the age, isn't it? As well, the age gap. Yes, but I found I found one easy, um, and then the transition from one to two. I think there's only sixteen months between them. I literally felt like someone had got a wet fish and slapped me sideways. Face. I was like, this is really difficult. And then I found two to three okay. And then three to four, oh my gosh. Like honestly, I think so I was working for myself still. Um Alex was working, he was setting up his business. Ah, oh, yeah, I feel like that traumatized. I feel like the three to four traumatized me. I was like, oh, I don't know if I can have another one. And then especially with everything that's gone on over the past year, when Alex spoke about having another baby, I was just like, oh, I don't think I can have another and then he's like let's just see and I was like okay and then literally within the, the first or second shot second shot wonder yes Alex go um and and for you as well like you say during this this past year um there, there have been quite a few sort of um new mums sort of celeb ones um and obviously loads of non-celeb ones but i think that's you know everyone's at home and um yeah taking a pop at it um might as well um <laughs> so how's your experience differed from not being um in this situation we're in do you know what i, I actually nothing's really touched world it changed for me in the sense of i'm still fortunate that i can work um i actually quite like the time at home the homeschooling was a bit stressful, whereas I was like, Alex, I'm not homeschooling this time. I'm like, we can homeschool a different way. Whereas I, oh, I don't, I didn't really like the kids on Zoom all day. So we'd have to homeschool Monday, Tuesday, Thursday. But being pregnant, I was stressed. They didn't really understand what was going on. It's not a practical way to, I, didn't, I just found that really difficult. I was like, I'd rather take them outside, take them for a walk, let them paint, let them read a book, let them do some maths in their own time. Sitting down and homeschooling, no one's getting anything done. And it was horrific. Um, but, yeah, everything – I mean, the birth was fantastic, though. Like, we had a little home birth with Dudley, which was amazing. Um, but everything like that, nothing's really changed. But I think last year I got really engrossed in watching the news. I got really engrossed in just reading alternative media. And that sent me in a downward spiral. Whereas now I've just stopped reading the news. I've turned the television off and life is rosy. Yeah, <laughs> you're in your own bubble and you're going to stay there, God damn it. <laughs> So you spoke about the home birth um, and what I loved, 
I absolutely loved was <laughs> you put it out there on social media. I mean, not the actual birth, but one hour before three o'clock in the morning, you're yeah. there in your tiny little pants <laughs> pacing round your living room. I did feel like a and I had, to, I had to take a second glance. I was like, what? A double take? Because I was like, oh my God, she is actually doing that. I mean, that would be the last thing on my mind, but she's doing it. And do you know what? It's brilliant. <laughs> so do you know what, right? So with my first uh, my first birth with Poppy, bloody horrific. Like literally, I was like, this is so fucking painful. Horrific. And then literally with Olive and Hattie, my sister was my birthing partner and my sister's really fun. Um, so she made the experience that like she made sure I was laughing. If I had a contraction, she was giving me a little massage. And with every birth, you kind of tweak it until it gets better, don't you? And then with Digby, I'd started again stepping into spirituality, learning more about energy, how our bodies work. And intuitively, something told me just to dance like a tribal woman. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to welcome the pain, welcome the pain. And then we did, yeah, welcome the pain in. And then I visualized this big, like, wave pushing him out. And literally half an hour, Diggy was, well, it took me, I was in labor for nine hours, but active labor, probably, I don't know, maybe a good couple of hours. And then the last, like, sort of half an hour went really quick. So I remembered that and I was like, right, with this one, with Dudley, I'm literally, I'm just going to dance the baby onto planet Earth. And that's what Alex said. So every time I had, well, every time I had a contraction, I literally welcomed in the contraction through breath and then breathed it out. In between both contractions, I was dancing and being really active. Um, and yeah, literally my active labour was about 40 minutes. It was amazing. Wow. Unbelievable. I mean, no, it was just really funny because Martin, you know, my Martin, I've got, you know, Connie and Polly, but he's not their dad. So he's never experienced any sort of like, anything to do with being in a birthing room or that. So I showed him that and he was in shock and he went, oh, is that what, is that what, and that, that, gosh, I'm never, he was speechless, slightly horrified, but speechless. Um, and it was just so interesting to see, you know, um, a non-dad um, watch what you you were doing and how you were doing it. And um, I love the way that you welcomed in contract. I don't think I've ever heard anybody say that they've welcomed in a contraction. <laughs> Brilliant. I started looking all about, um, just again, about energy. And when you want to manifest anything, it's all about that releasing and surrendering, isn't it? So if you want to manifest your baby to the world quicker, it makes sense to kind of release and surrender to the pain. Um, and the more, you, the more you welcome it in, the more you're saying to the universe, to God, or, or whatever you believe in, no, I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready for this motherfucker. <laughs> Send me the baby. Um, and yeah, it is. And also as well, I think it gives you a new... I don't know, I think it gives you a new perspective on birth and don't get me wrong, it's bloody painful, like the contractions and you have those last few where you actually think your body's going to break in half and you're going to actually die. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of, um, I don't know, one thing I realised, so I go from being about four or five centimetres dilated to 10 in that space of sort of 30 minutes, but I genuinely that's through dance whereas when it gets like four or five centimeters they're really painful contractions and i genuinely believe just movement exercising just welcoming they teach us that though through like natal hypnotherapy it's quite amazing so i think so many i know when i was pregnant with ava lily i wanted a birthing pool that was my plan and so chris and i did natal hypnotherapy classes and we used to do meditation at home and we had it all sus so i didn't want any um 
I didn't want an epidural. I didn't want any drugs. I had it all planned and I was so, so excited. And what I loved about the lessons and the woman that taught them that we went to, she said, the thing is, so many women are filled with fear because they believe you go into this hospital room, you're surrounded by machines and wires. That's how you have to give birth. But actually, the most natural way is, you know, at home or in a pool with nothing. We're just so frightened. So it's about learning to let go. And, and, and that movement thing is so important. The, the midwife said that actually, like only about 50 years ago, giving birth at home was what everyone used to do. But it was only when insurance came in that they couldn't afford to insure people to have home births. And that's why it got taken to the hospitals. Whereas our generation genuinely believed that, oh, the hospital's the safest place to give birth. Whereas you're in your home, you're in your surrounding, you're in your little hut, it, it, so to speak. Um, and again, back to tribal days, like the women would literally go into each other's hut. They'd help. They, they would do things like dance and rituals and, and welcome, like welcoming ceremonies. Anyone I know now who's pregnant for their first and they say about it and they always, oh, yeah, I've been told so many horror stories and I'm like, do natal hypnotherapy, find someone really good, go to some classes, buy the CDs, do it at home because even when things go wrong, you've taught yourself so much stuff about staying calm and visualizing everything, your body and how amazing it is. You get through it because I, you know, I did, couldn't have my birth in the end and I didn't dilate like you did and I had to have an emergency C-section, but I stayed calm the whole time and was so free-flowing with it which isn't like me at all but it's because I'd done all this stuff and I'd worked up to having this birth in a in a pool with nothing you know except for music so I just ignored all the wires all the needles everything um, and used all the calm techniques that they taught me and it was bloody amazing like you know, and I it's think something should... you should be able to apply to things yeah. that go on now when it comes yeah. to dealing with pain, or you know, psychologically, or or sort of physically as well. I presume. Well, I know, but see, this is the new Mulan film, so she talks a lot about chi, and every time the girls have pain, or every time they hurt themselves, they're like, "Mummy, do the chi." I'm like, "Okay," mm. and we literally envision pulling the pain out using. Right. Chi. Energy. I mean, afterwards, like, well, man, that's great. I feel totally better, man. <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> if it works. <laughs> the Hot Mess Mums Club with Swan. We'll be back with the effervescing Jess shortly, but let's first tell you about a brand new range of products from Swan. Sleek, streamlined and stylish. The Swan Stealth range features top-level design, high performance and impressive functionality. Its fast, responsive technology for effortless preparation makes it the perfect addition to the kitchen of any rushed-off-their-feet mum. We know all about that. Items in the range include blenders, grills, slow cookers, a personal favourite of mine, microwaves, coffee machines, toasters and awesome kettles. To check out these and more, just head to swanbrand.co.uk. Use the discount code HOTMESSMUMS20 for 20% off. The Hot Mess Mums Club with Swan. Celebrating 90 years of magic moments. But you, so with your sort of, um, your birthing pool, have you done that before? Have you always done, yeah, with the, yeah so it's always been yeah like they've all i've always given birth in a birthing pool i've never not had a water birth but this time is the first home birth right okay and do you think there's because of our connection with water and our affinity with water do you think that's why it's such a good idea i've no thought of it that way yeah um, yeah do you know that just kind of makes sense doesn't it and mm. I, think, I think because they're in water and it's like the same temperature i think it makes mm. the trans- easy but also i found when i get in the water 
it's a lot I think because you haven't got the pre- like the pressure of gravity it's full force on your body mm. it lightens your body doesn't it yeah and what what position were you in i'm intrigued because you're talking about sort of the tribal way which is basically you know you should be standing up or hanging from a tree really but we get told to lie down on our backs and it's the most uncomfortable most painful position yeah with bloody stirrups in the air and it's like what this isn't normal this isn't natural this isn't going to help so what what position did you take up um i think i was like i can't was that can't remember can you because you were just woo. i think I think my arms were back, my arms were either behind me or in front of me. It was like a squat position, but not like forward, like a kind of a backwards squat. Do you like a reverse cowboy kind of, kind of? So is it a bit wait? So you're talking sort of like, uh, yeah. Maybe my arms were behind me. Like, behind? Yeah. What? Just in case it came out the other way, or what? <laughs> yeah. Like that. <laughs> I think Gosh. Okay. Just in case, if anyone's that just wondering, oh, wow. we'll get a picture of that because, um, yeah, I'm intrigued. I think it's all about that that popping position, and I've yeah. always found when I'm flat on my back, I'm thinking I'm not helping myself here. Yeah, um, no, was, I can't remember. I think it, uh, yeah, it was kind of like that, but I think. See, <laughs> so it's only been two weeks. You know when they say, "Oh, I can't remember the pain." I just remember you're a beautiful human being, and you are well worth it. And already two weeks down the line, you see, you can't remember. Soxitonin taking over. (laughs) (laughs) So how have you felt? How have you felt? Because obviously, you know, the hormones are, woo, they're playing games at the moment. So, you know, be honest, how's it been? Do you know what, actually, it's it's actually been all right. And I think um, I haven't had the blue, uh, touch wood, I haven't had the baby blues. And this kind of brings me on to sort of another subject. I think when I had Digby and Poppy, I feel like I suffered with postnatal depression, but I didn't realise until the fog had lifted, if that makes sense. And then, especially after Digby, I was like, oh, it's just, something's changed here. I feel better. And then I thought back to when I had Poppy, and I think Poppy's my first, and I was so overwhelmed. And I, looking back, I think, I think I did have postnatal depression with both of them. Um, but I'm very good at kind of talking about my feelings so I don't bottle anything in but also over the past two three years since having Digby to Dudley I've literally cleared a lot of emotional charge to do with loads of situations experiences throughout my life and I think when I've been triggered and I've gone into that postnatal depression stage I think it's because I had unresolved um, emotional issues that had to be worked through and processed whereas because I've processed them I've felt I've just haven't I just haven't felt I just haven't had the baby blues if that makes sense and you're obviously, I mean, it's your fifth as well. I do think there's something in the, you know, you are more relaxed each time and you kind of know from the first time in a way what's coming because no one can prepare you for the first one. People <laughs> tell you stuff and you think, whatever, you kind of live in this bubble of, oh my God, I'm having a baby. And then you have the baby and you can't get to the bathroom and you can't wash your hair and, you know, and you have all these and it's all brand new and it's hard. And I know like, I think the next time, and obviously with you, the next time, the next time, and the next time, you (laughs) you start to be more relaxed, don't you? And just, I don't know, I was like that with Heath. I just kicked back. I thought, look, I put three stone on. I'm not rushing. I'm not going to stress. I'm just going to sit here and snuggle him up as much as I can and and live with that. And I loved it. You know, it was... um, 
it was really nice. Whereas with Ava Lily, she was my first. I just thought all the time, I've got to be doing something. I can't sit here like this. I've got to be going. I've got to be on the move. I've got to be, you know. So yeah. I think there's something in that being more relaxed each time and learning. I, think, I don't know how you two felt, but with my first – I listened to a lot of people and they were like, oh, God, you've created a rough year on back. Let him sleep in the cry it out, cry it out. And I was so harsh with Poppy, my first. It actually, it haunts me. When I think back to how harsh I was, and when Poppy was three, like when Poppy was the same age as Digby now, like Digby I still see as a toddler. When Poppy was that age, I had two other children. So I saw her as such a big girl and I gave her such responsibilities. Um, I let her cry out. I, I just, the way I, like, I didn't go sleep, the way I did parenting with Poppy and Olive actually is completely different to how I parent now. And it haunts me. I'm like, oh my God, I was such an awful mum. Like, bloody hell, I remember. It's <laughs> awful. I remember, like, they just wouldn't sleep. So I was like, right, there's a, the big bad wolf out, the three little pigs is in the attic and they'll come down and get you. <laughs> Like, that's, that's we've all done it though honestly yeah. I mean that's the thing you try different things we've done the cry out we did it with Heath you know where you leave him you crawl out each night further and further and then that's it you hold the fucking door until <laughs> they stop and, and it, yeah but he used to trash his room so he would and he would headbutt the cot and we'd be like oh my god get in now intervention you know because he'd been butting the cot and oh it was and I look back on that and think shit I'm I'm an awful mum because now he'll crawl into bed with me and I won't let him go but at the time you just do whatever you need to try and do to fix the situation so everyone can sleep yeah and also it's part of your makeup isn't it to always feel bad and think oh I shouldn't have done that and I could have done it better but at the end of the day we are warriors and we're amazing at motherhood considering you know you get so many everybody's got um they're two pennies worth haven't they grandmothers aunties mothers you name it everyone's like no 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 you've got to do it this way and I think you've got to go with uh your natural instinct and you being spiritual like that Jess you know um well we all are um you just got to tap into what you know is best um and just go with it because you know it, it it can't go that horribly wrong but um do you both did you both have the baby I remember one big thing for me was I really want her in the room with me but I've you know mum said They've got to be in their cot in another room. Don't have them in there or don't have them in the bed with you, all those sort of things. So where where are you on that or where were you on that? So with the with so with Poppy and Olive, uh, very much like listen to, oh, you know, harsh parenting, don't have them in your bed, blah, blah, blah. So literally they're in the cot as soon as they hit six months, they're in their bedroom, that's it. Whereas with Hattie, I just put up with my ex-partner who I'd had the kids with and we back in with my mum so I think so I was like in self-pity mode I was like oh I'm just gonna put Hattie in bed with me all the time yeah yeah she slept with me but also in her Moses basket because I got paranoid about falling <laughs> over yeah whereas with Digby and Dudley um they call sleep like literally they're always in the bed with us and like yeah and I, I prefer that and I think actually when I had Poppy and Olive I didn't listen to me uh, to me I listened to my mum I listened to um, other people I listened to friends who had babies. I didn't listen to my own in- intuitiveness. And um, one thing I massively regret because I just think I would have been such a better mum 
to them. I think it's just hard, isn't it? Because you feel so vulnerable and so overwhelmed and you're just like, I'll take any advice I can get. Just somebody tell me what the secret is so I can just get on with it. I want the shortcut, you know, because I can't deal with it. I can't make my own decision. And that's why we kind of feel like we're put in that position. But um, no, I'm, I was just intrigued because I, I think also it's a natural thing. You know, if you, again, going back to the tribal way, you know, you wouldn't have like a, a hut down the end of the, you know, your, your village where you say, no, the baby's in there, you know, in a basket of reeds or whatever, you know, it's like uh, down the road, it, you know, they've got, I don't know, there's this thing where I think they should be near you, they should be by your side um, through those formative moments. Well, yeah, and it's only really within the, the past sort of, I think about 150 years where it's introduced where your baby isn't with you, whereas hundreds of, hundreds of years prior to that, your baby would always be with you. Because they don't, up until the age of two, they can't. They're not. They can't disassociate from you. They think you're part of you. So actually, if they feel like they're not part of you, it can give them an insecurity. But again, I think the way Western medicine is, and the way we are taught, I just think it's all been lied to. Well, the thing is, though, there's a lot of sleep nannies out there. Um, and I, I kind of, I see where they come from, but having used them, but or hired one myself once, you know, just to help with uh, Ava's sleep when she refused to go to bed at a certain stage, um, is that I think what it does is confuse everyone because all we hear all the time, especially when you're a first time mum, is routine, 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 routine. And, 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 you know, and it must be this. And you put them down at that time and you sing them this lullaby and then you. Cr- you know, and, and it's like, listen, every mum and every child is completely different to the one next door and the one down the road and the one in the next town. So at the end of the day, you cannot, I don't think, you can't say one size fits all. It just doesn't work like that. And the more kids you have, the more you, and you obviously know this, I'm only on my second and Jenny's second as well, but you realise that. You just think, no, nah, it doesn't work like that, you know. Um, but there's a pressure, isn't there? I see Kate Lawler, she's had her first. And I follow Kate. I used to work with her on radio. And it breaks my heart, actually. She does all these really real raw posts that are fabulous. But, you know, you can see that she's going through what we've all been through with the first, this it's like a bomb's gone off, isn't it? You know, you think, it's what trauma. the hell is this? It's trauma. Yeah. And I think I see a post and I just want to put my arms around it because I think you're just doing amazing. You know, you're absolutely smashing this, but you, you're – and she's 41 and looks friggin' incredible, and this is her first, you know, and she's she's gone on a long journey to get there because she's talked a lot about how she didn't think she wanted to be a mum in that way, and now she decided she has, and it's, it's hard. And then you're living in the spotlight of – you know, being a celebrity at the same time, that must make it doubly hard because everyone's got a bloody opinion <laughs> on, on what to do and how to do it. And what, what was the response from you being a celebrity and then, uh, you know, with your post, which was just amazing? I can't imagine anyone was negative. Well, I, I, to be fair, everyone seems really positive, but I've not read through yeah. all the comments. I've read as many as I could. Do you want me to have a look, just in case? Yeah, just just delete it or repost me if you don't. Yeah. <laughs> but I can't imagine. I think it was the most beautiful thing to do, honestly. Well, do you know what? I think part of me wants to do it as well because I do think that we are, like you said, Kelly, conditioned to think birth has to be this horrific thing. And also, when you're first, bloody hell, I remember when I was pregnant with Pops, 
everyone just wanted to tell me the worst. The dying yeah. stories. Yeah, yeah. The, the, yeah. My, my dog groomer is in her 20s, bless her. She's pregnant. I t- the dogs went to have the fur cut the other week and she's it's her first. She's a tiny little bump, you know. And she said, everyone keeps telling me I'm going to die. And I said, whoa, 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 what? And she went, the, the, death, the death stories about birth – Please, t- and I said, listen, it's bullshit. I said, and don't listen to those people. I said, it's like the war stories. In the war, it's always the worst things that people want to tell you. I said, I had two caesareans look at me. I said, they were both great experiences. Wonderful. Wouldn't change it how my two came into the world. You no, know, no, and I, shit. And, it's not, it's that thing, isn't it? They always want to want to say that. And I think it's so refreshing that, you know, I'm you're, that person. <laughs> I actually take people off in a corner yeah. and go, listen, everyone's going to say it's really lovely and it's the best thing of your life. It's horrible. Oh, it's Shall like- I end it there? Sorry. Oh, but there's, always, there's always two sides. There's always two sides. Two sides. But I think when someone's pregnant, and it's especially when it's their first, it's like, don't bring them out in hives right now. Just fucking <laughs> out. Just say something nice, you know. Because you have it all, don't you? Your life's over, you know. Your fanny will never be the same. I mean, I had everything. I was just like, oh, fuck So, off. Kelly, is your fanny the same? Well, yeah, because I, I had sun. They call Jump them cube. sunroof babies Stitch. in Newcastle. So Ava was born yeah. at the RVI. They were amazing. And yeah. she's a sunroof baby. I've got a little oh, scar. Of course, yeah, you yeah. see. So my family's yeah, but... all nice and tight. It's absolutely yeah. fine. I do remember when I had um, Pollyanna, because I had um, a Vontus, you know, the sucker, the plunger for the first one. And then Pollyanna was bloody forceps. It was like being in Victorian times. I'm sure it's them, banned do in they now, yeah. if they can. So I have forceps, and of course that means you get you have to have stitches. And I remember the most gorgeous guy came into the surgery and I was like, oh, no, not you. Not now. That it looks like a grenade's been set off between my legs. <laughs> oh, Why no. does it have to be you? And I remember saying to this gorgeous doctor, I went, could you just put a couple of extra ones in? <laughs> Did you? <laughs> I knew it. There's so many more of us than we think. <laughs> I don't know about my vagina, but my bloody ass is definitely not the same. Oh my god! Right, do you remember after you give birth? Especially feed it. If you don't drink enough water during the night, the first shit of the day gets stuck between your ass and the toilet for twenty five yeah. hours, and you feel like you're going to die. Of a- mm. It was nice. Yeah. Did like it's horrific. What's up, my friends? I'm like, guys, I'm literally stuck on the toilet. There's a poo hanging out my bum, and it's been there for 20 minutes. <laughs> can't get <laughs> it out. It's horrific. Can't. And you can't peek oh. down there, and you think you're fucking no. out. Is my vagina gonna fall out? Yeah, you're just covering, <laughs> waiting, and like it's right. like it needs help. Well, this way you should move the forceps. <laughs> 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 our producer has now left the building everybody but you know what you. life lesson yeah well, yeah because things are never the same are they it doesn't matter you know it can be your vagina your stomach your breasts whatever things do change physically as well as mentally forever i mean it's so worth it but it that's just how it is isn't it you know it's a shift it's a, it's shift. a shift and one that's yeah. a, you know that you can embrace and um you will embrace. You've got no choice. Um, <laughs> You're inspiring me to have the third, you know. I'm sitting here watching you with, with Dudley and I'm like, oh, my God, Chris, where are you? I'm literally 
because I just love a newborn. Like everyone says I'm weird because they're like, they do nothing and they've got no personality. I'm like, they're the best. Yes, I just yes. squeeze them and smell them and, oh, you're looking oh, at him. Oh, my God. Oh, my ovaries are exploding. Oh. He is so gorgeous. Look at him and he's all full of mum's milk and he's just like, oh, oh. I'm gone now. What are your well, tips at the moment then, you know, because you have done it five times. Are there any little sort of like golden nuggets of advice that you can give mums-to-be and previous mums um, the lowdown on? Well, I'll tell you one thing that always surprises me. It doesn't no matter how many children you have, you always learn something new. <laughs> you never know if attractions have actually started or not. I, went, I think, like, Lisa, I was like, oh, this is it. I'm, I'm in labour now. I'm in labour. And I'm like, oh, no, no, I'm not in labour. No, baby's not here. Um, but I think I think the best advice I could give people is just do it their way. And literally, the, that is the best. And don't give a bloody monkey's arse or a toss what other people think because you are that baby's mother and you are responsible for like raising this child and if you don't do it your way you'll end up regret not doing it your way and that's just my own experience and I yeah um, and also don't be too harsh on yourself and like if you need to spend the day in bed spend the day in bed if you want to get out in the fresh air get out in the fresh air just do what you need to do I tell you one thing that does annoy me which I know it's really ungrateful but like don't want the bloody nurses and the midwives coming round all the freaking time. Or like, I'm like, I've done it five times and I, I appreciate that the first time, fair enough. But then if they come round, I've got to tidy my bloody house. I've got it, you know, whereas, and you don't actually need to have them round. So if you don't you want them round, then don't, yeah. So, but definitely, do I love that you don't have to have them round if you don't want them round don't I didn't don't be, know that. I have no idea can you just in the news next the week yeah <laughs> it'll be in the news next week all these these mother these newborn mothers are all like not letting midwives in there'll be all these midwives ramming on the door saying please let me in no Jess says we don't have to bugger off <laughs> but I'll one thing actually no matter how shit you're feeling Put a bit of lipstick on. It always makes you feel a bit better. A bit of perfume. Do something which is self-care and don't get out. Uh, I think when you become mum, there's this preconceived idea that you can't be who you actually are. And this preconceived idea that you literally have to do everything for your children. And yes, granted, you do need to do everything for your children, but you are a person. You are a <laughs> You're still there. <laughs> when you, it's actually when you start to lose who you are, that's when you start to have issues and problems. Whereas still gain and maintain who you are by just doing one or two things that you're used to and familiar with and that you enjoy you're you're gonna you're always gonna enjoy it whereas again with the girls like with poppy and oliver i've definitely lost who i was and i just became this like frumpy moment i was just like fumbling around and i just i wasn't me and i think especially through throughout pregnancy your emotional state changes your mindset changes your body changes your personality changes especially during the last month when you become this evil possessed witch and you know you're evil but you can't help but be evil <laughs> i definitely traumatized my kids by the way that now i feel like that was left um but do something for you. For me, it is it's putting my eyebrows on, putting my lipstick on, um, having my morning coffee, just having 20 minutes to myself. And I need that to be a better mum. Mm, absolutely. I think I did that with um, a bath. I'd say, right, because I've always loved my baths. I find them really therapeutic and they sort of, they heal everything. I think it's this affinity with water again. But um, I do remember I insisted no matter what, I was like, no, it's my bath time now. And I just, you know, 
put the baby in a cot or hand her over to someone else who also, you can always trust somebody else to do the job. Don't think you've all, you know, you've got to do it all yourself. Cause you know, if you've got family around or your other half, um, if, if, you know, it, it, well, if you're in the correct, well, not correct, but if you're in those circumstances, then make use of it. Um, and I say, no, I'm having my bath now and that's it. And it was my time to indulge. And it's not even indulging. It's what you should be doing. Yes. Um, did you yeah. do anything, Kelly? Um, I, found really, I found it really hard the first time, I've got to say, you know, but I was incredibly lucky that my in-laws would come and stay with me. Um, and my sanity was work at the time. You know, I loved to go and be on the radio and I was very lucky because they'd come and live with me for weeks at a time and help. So I could do the shifts, you know, because I'd do breakfast, so I'd be up at four and I'd be home at 12 or whatever. And they would be there and then I could nap in the afternoon. And I was so, so lucky um, to have them because I don't have parents so that they are my parents so for that reason I think I was very fortunate and they were great with Heath as well but I mean they're coming up to 80 now and the pair of them together well they want to kill each other most of the time so I don't think if I had a third I'd have the same help but I'm in a different place now where I can do you know what I mean I can probably cope differently so and actually, I think just doing stuff for yourself, what you're teaching your children, you're teaching children, hang on a minute, it's okay to do something for yourself. It's okay to have that time. But I think it is if you had a third, Kelly. I think you'd be you'd be amazing. Yeah. Oh, I thank you. I, I feel it. I hope so. I, I do. I just haven't felt quite ready yet, but it's it's there all the time in my mind, you know. I think I'll just know when to grab Chris and not let him out my sight for a few hours and... You do have to have sex, though, Kelly. I know, I know. You know, when you talk about the self-care and the baths and things, for me, it was always working out. So as soon as I could get to go and do, I used to do boot camp when I had Ava Lily. That was Mm. my definite milestone. That was your thing. Yeah, feeling like me again is is getting out there and and doing a good workout and and whatnot. But, yeah, it is important because I've done that. I've lost myself too. I think we all go through stages of that, don't we, where we get so swallowed up in it and we don't care about ourselves, our clothes, nothing. We're just like, oh, we're just... You know, it's it's hard to break out of it. And it, but it also is a gift in a way, isn't it? I think we're always sort of thinking, oh, you know, you lose yourself and, you know, you don't get your life back for ages and, you know, you're a different person and everything changes. But in a way, it's also a defining moment where I remember I was just so happy Um just me and the baby. And I got told this because I, I had sort of like postnatal depression, but I was told, you know, just focus on your baby sometimes and just the present moment. If that's feeding, if that's hushing, if that's winding and, you know, don't run away. Don't let your mind go elsewhere, but just enjoy the the motherhood, um, which is what we're kind of doing. I'll hop my sponsor here, but in a different way. Um, and, you know, I, I sort of began to cherish certain moments that were meant to be. And that, you know, so you have your own time, but also you must embrace those moments when, because um, they're, they're so precious, especially now, just looking at you there and just smelling Dudley's head and you've just fed him and he's got that lovely sweet smell. All those beautiful, beautiful things that you know they're short-lived because I certainly don't want to sniff a 20-year-old's head at the no. moment <laughs> and it's great
great to have women like you as well. I've got, I really mean that yeah. on social media. Oh, absolutely. And, and I want to say, and women like Kate Lawler as well, and I, 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 that are real and that inspire, you know, because there's just too much falseness. And it's it's wonderful for other mums to see women like you who are so real about it and, you know, and sharing your journey in that way because it's personal and it's a big thing to put your life out there when you're you're well known it's it really is well known or not but I think it's great you know other women well, can you, look at you and you feel bloody brilliant the content you well we've got no freaking filter I mean <laughs> we're our own worst enemy aren't we we go too far I think but I don't know well I think you know what I think we're just saying what everyone's thinking and it's about time you know no, just by spe- just by speaking your truth, you actually give other people permission to speak their truth. By being honest about struggles, about successes, there's two benefits that. But if you're honest about your struggles, people feel people can open up. If you're honest about your successes, you can show people that it doesn't matter what situation you're in, you can have the same sort of things. So I think it's important to show the balance. Whereas everyone's everyone's day to day life isn't a, a best selling novel. That's really important. And I tell you what, I think we've written a novel in this podcast <laughs> between us. It's just a been podcast like this, all baby talk for so long. I've loved it, literally. Yeah. It's been great. And I, I think you, you know, just uh, for our listeners, you, you've been such an inspiration um, because you are the favourite inspirational, powerful woman of the decade. <laughs> See how I began it like that, and I ended it like that. It's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna sink in soon. It just, just flow off the tongue Aww. soon for everybody. Jess, I get a t-shirt made. Yes. Oh yeah, I think, I think we can sort that. But thanks so much, Jess. It's unbelievable that, you know, just less than two weeks down the line, you're happy to come on and just share your experiences and share your company when you've got so much going on. And we do love you, really do, from, you know, mean that. Yeah, we do. I'm going to love you both and leave because I realise I'm taking too much of your time. No, it's lovely to talk to you, Jess. Lovely. Take care, guys. The Hot Mess Mums Club with Swan. Designed for life. Thanks to Swan for sponsoring this episode. And don't forget to check out their brand new stealth range to give your kitchen a sleek and stylish refresh this Easter. Just head to swanbrand.co.uk, use the discount code HOTMESSMUMS20 for 20% off.